Welcome <laughs> to Stay, Stay F. F. Homekins. We're a married couple. My name is Paul F. Tompkins. My name is Janie Haddad Tompkins. I'm a comedian. I'm an actress. Together, we're, we're this. the Homekins. <laughs> <laughs> Together, we're the Homekins. This is a podcast we're doing during quarantine. We've been doing it for, what episode is this now? I think it's 12. So 12 <laughs> weeks. Um, and we are here now. <laughs> <laughs> we're still here. Feeling weird. Yeah, it's been, it's been, um, it's been a lot. It's been quite a week. <laughs> we're in a moral moment. We're in a moral moment. And it's been you know, like there's been good things, but there's been frightening things. What are the good things? That people are speaking up and that. Well, yes, that's true. Uh, oh, okay. okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. mind immediately went to 50 bad things. Well, there's been a lot of bad things, but I think it's like kind of rad. Yeah. That. Like, there's this huge mobilization across the country, and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a really it's a really heartbreaking time, but at the same time, to see everyone mobilized and saying, this is wrong, um, I'm imagining somebody listening to this. That doesn't not, know what's like, going on. <laughs> well, like in the future. Like three years from now. Catching up on this podcast. And yeah. they're like, I live in another country and I <laughs> want to learn about America. And then they're like, what the hell well, are listen, they talking If you live in another country, please. <laughs> don't, don't listen to us if, to uh, learn no, about this, America. This is, this is for Americans. Don't let other countries know about the stuff that's <laughs> happening here. Oh, my God. It'll make us look so bad. <laughs> please don't tell them. Nobody snitch. There's so many layers to what's going on. First of all, Paul won't let me have my weekend water until our intermission. <laughs> Here's the thing. We this this podcast was supposed to be and is supposed to be a diversion because first a distraction. A distraction, a, a yeah. Escape. It's like you have to think about these you know, first you have to think about this terrible quarantine. Um Yes, and we've lost over a hundred thousand lives to <laughs> corona. <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> we don't need to like I thought we were going to talk about it for people we, yeah. in the future. <laughs> no, that's not the idea. But there's a tragedy surrounding the pandemic in addition to... Yes, there. Are, yes, but I didn't want to get into the specifics <laughs> of a body count. <laughs> All right, it's fine. Our idea was to be a diversion because it yes. fucking sucks to be alive in 2020. Yes, and people are people are stuck at home and, and there's a, you know, there's, in addition to... The quarantine. There's just the regular old evils of the world that we have to deal with, and things are um, are for you know. I will say for people like us are coming to a head because um, we don't have to think about the world in the same way that a lot of people we know do. No, we have to think about like you know we have to ba- basically confront like whiteness. As a fucking pathology. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. It is. And it drives people to, you know, kind of buy into this narrative that you have to, like, dismiss an entire segment of society in order to keep what you have. Yeah. And that's a false construct. My, I have a, I've long had a theory. Yeah. That one of the things that, perpetuates um 
not just not just the the systemic injustice in this country and the world, but the people that are okay with it. Mm-hmm. And my theory is that no one wants to feel like they've done something wrong. Well, there's definitely. But hold on a second. So they are what people are afraid of is that if they admit yes, there is systemic injustice in this country. Yes, the police are bad. Like the 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 policing in this country is horrendous. The criminal criminals are so, are the ones. The, it's the criminals that are policing this country. Yeah. Yes. And and if you admit that, you then have to all of a sudden say that means I'm a bad person. But that's not what it means. What it means is that you are admitting, yes, I grew up this way. I grew up in a certain way, understanding uh, this much about the world from my point of view. Mm -hmm. And now that you are telling me this, I believe you and I understand more than I did before. I understand how I've been an unwitting part of this and I'm not going to be an unwitting part of it anymore. That's all you have to do. Right. But people, people want it to be like you have to say... Oh, I'm uh, because oh because if I admit that, that means I'm saying that I'm evil. I'm not ra- the racist one. It's the person yeah, that's yeah, da yeah. da da. It's white. What you're like describing white fragility, and for me, yeah. like it's like I've had to confront something, and this is something that I've had to work on in therapy, and it actually relates to to all of this. Mm-hmm. And the something I've had to confront in myself is how easily manipulated I am. <laughs> Um, because like even just this week, um, like people were posting like pictures of a lot of violence, which I hate. Like, I don't even like violent movies, but I understand that we need to witness this stuff. And it's fucking awesome that videos exist for accountability. I know. But, um, the other side of it was people were like posting kind of like these, um, pictures of like cops, like marching with people. Yep. And I like... I find my own, like, the own weakness in my own personality, which I don't think, where I want to believe that there are, like, good people, like, I want to believe the good, and I want to kind of, like, turn away from the bad, because, and and I also have, like, this kind of, like, crazed sense of justice because I grew up as the youngest mm-hmm. in my family. I know it's like I'm turning this personal, but I, no, no, no. it's the only way I can do it but because I thing, can't though. speak to the world. Exactly, but, but turning it personal, that's how you relate to a, to a, to a, a situation you don't understand. Is that's you have true. To, you have to transpose it to, like, how do I, how, what is my buy-in to that feeling that people are telling me they have? Right. Have I ever felt, have I ever felt voiceless? Have I ever felt helpless? Have I ever, have I ever felt like dismissed? You know, if you can find a place in your life. And, and everybody has, like yeah, every human being Absolutely. Has. Very few, with very few exceptions. Yeah. But if you can well, it's find part that, of the human experience. Yeah. But if you can find that place in your life, then you can say, oh, this is what it is like for these people that feeling that I had that I hated, this is their feeling every, every minute. Day. Yeah. yeah. Well, I find like my like my kind of crazed sense of justice like gets me in trouble in my personal life, mm-hmm. where I'm like I just like my and my I think my parents did this to to us too because if my brother got like one gift on 
his birthday, like I also would get one, you know, gift oh, or right. what it was like, because like, we were like two. Right. And then, but then after like puberty, it became super different. Mm-hmm. Like he could stay out until midnight, mm-hmm. but I had to come and knock on the door at 10 or, yeah. you know, like where it was like, I started to become aware of this sense of justice, not being a constant. Mm-hmm. And so I think in my mind, it's like, I want things to be fair so fucking bad that like, I, I mean, you know, like I watched that guy in Minneapolis shoot his, that guy in a car in front of his daughter. Yeah. And I just assume like, oh, they, they're going to send him to jail. And so like I turn away. How from could they the, not, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like I turn away from the news. And then, of course, that doesn't happen until like months later. Yeah. But I'm just like assuming like, yeah, they got him or whatever. And it's yeah. like, no, justice is actual work. Yeah. Like it's not like. There's somebody like overlooking and over, and now we're seeing that too, like in, in like with William Barr and stuff. Like I won't <laughs> even get into all of that, but yeah. like, well, although it's related in a way, but like, yeah, I just found I just have I just find that I have to like allow myself to be more um, attuned to things that like are real, like mm-hmm. like people being fucking terrible or yeah. people being you know, that, that are raised different and they think different and they, um, it's hard because you surround and the older you get, you surround yourself with like-minded people Yeah, yeah. and you go into professions where you have like-minded communities and stuff. And so you kind of think everything's chugging along. Okay. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And there's like millions of examples of that, but like Absolutely. anyway, this is like my own thing. I'm trying to like because because we were supposed to reflect this week and like educate ourselves. So this is sort of like where I've landed, like in my own personal how my personality can get uh, manipulated mm-hmm. by things and sort of you know like I buy into this ideal like that you know we're melting pot or something you know yeah. But you're not you're not. You're not alone in that, first of all, because when I when I was seeing images of like the the Camden police, I guess, which is as as far as police forces go, have um, they have very few uh, excessive force complaints. Where is that one? Camden, New Jersey. Oh, okay. So they have like a better, they have like a less toxic. Yeah. There was, there was videos of like the cops marching literally arm in arm with protesters. And I see that and I, same thing. It's like you, I wanted to believe that we were not in an impossible situation. And I wanted, of course, you know, and they're counting on that, you know, they're they're counting on us, on us feeling that way yes and wanting to get past sure it's a pr the rage and the anger it's a pr spin yeah i get it on the one uh, listen it's like all the kneel all the kneeling and then an hour later you know well, so wait are they ca- are the camden police better than other ones according to this out? according to the study yes well in a way that is a useful thing to know about because that means that there is a model that exists where the police don't have to be criminals right you know right but 
so I guess on the one hand, like I want to feel that hope. I want to feel that optimism. Mm -hmm. But in order to make room for that optimism, I also have to feel the despair. And I Absolute, think it's no. like hard to Absolutely. feel the despair. It's like hard to confront the despair. It fucking is, man. But that's what we, that's our job right now is to feel that despair and to feel angry and to feel motivated to change it. And that's, that's what we got to do. I mean, yeah. look, we're, <laughs> we got so heavy into it. I was, I was unsure about, you were unsure about recording last week and I was unsure I about recording this week. I was, I was like, I don't think we should have a show last week and mm -hmm. Paul's like, no, no, people need comedy and they need, like, it's an important, like, you know, pillar in, in, in people living, need a break, you know, you know, they and I was like, okay. Break. And then this week rolls around and Paul's like, I think we need to rethink. And I was like, wait a minute, you talked me into that whole, like comedy is necessary or like, or, or lightness is necessary, yeah, I guess. Which I, which I stand this by. This isn't really comedy. Which I stand by. <laughs> but here's, here's is what, it? <laughs> it's not. I guess technically it is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that means anything can be comedy. I do comedy. say at the beginning I'm a comedian. That means anything can be comedy. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, it's just so I know everyone are have I know everyone out there are like having these you know feelings of emotions and yeah. pain and grief and outrage mm -hmm. and you know I don't know. There's but there have been like so many amazing like. To just today, the mayor of D.C. spray painted Black Lives Matter on the street. Oh, and I it think, it, awesome. first of all, it looks amazing. And he renamed the street. She. she oh, I didn't real. I didn't know that. She. I did not know that. I didn't know who the mayor. Of wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Well, that's OK. I mean, I never I didn't know about her until today or yeah. until this week. I mean, because I did. Here's what's so crazy. This is like a little side note in all of this mm -hmm. between the pandemic and racial injustice and, and brutality and violence mm -hmm. and, and injustices. There has been a real exposure of these municipal leaders. Yeah. That you just. Vote for and forget, set it and forget it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I vote, I mean, I don't know if I should say, well, the mayor of Los Angeles. Yeah. I think I voted for him because he ran on this platform of like, oh, we're going to tackle homelessness because we have a real homelessness epidemic here. Yeah, in we, we found out he meant literally. <laughs> we <laughs> cops were tackling homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, well, he and he was like gonna, and he got. The, I voted for this tax, and I was like, yes, put all the money, throw all the money at it, throw all the mines mm -hmm. at it, let's do this. And he hasn't done squat, and then he comes. He, I don't know, like all of these people that I don't know about. I didn't know about the, all the city council people and everything, and we're just every. Well, there's been a lot of them in the news because oh, you the chief of police, the chief of police. Yeah. Like I don't know, like do we elect him? No, he gets appointed by the mayor, I guess. But I voted for that mayor, mm -hmm. so like I guess like you know how they're like you really need to pay attention to the local level, and I like kind of thought I was doing that. I thought I was. Yeah. Okay, but it, it's a joke how much I wasn't. Yeah, kind there's of. so much more to it than we realize. Well, yeah, like, well, and also, like, it's you have to dig hard to know about these people because, you know, like, a lot of times I'll ask my smart politics friends and I'll be like, okay, who am I supposed to vote for, like, in the local blah, blah, mm. blah. And they're like, this person's endorsed by these groups. And I'm like, okay, yes, school is important or this is important, you know, yeah. and, and then I just, like, take their word. And then judges, sometimes I'm just like, that's a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. Like, who, you know, and I'm like, okay. Cause like no one will tell you about those people at all. Like, I don't know how you, like you just go to the website and they're like, they did this for three years or they worked here for three years. And like, Oh, they might be smart about education right. or they, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now I feel like I was like, such the jokes on me. I was a low informed yeah. voter. <laughs> local local politics is tough because there's a million people. There there are people that affect different neighborhoods that are not your own. And then there's issues like we don't have kids, but the school thing is important to a lot of people, and certainly people that we know and care about. Well, yeah, we have property you know. taxes. Though. So there's yeah, there's there's. <laughs> so a, you want to be on top of that, how they spend that? <laughs> yes, that as well. <laughs> but there's um, I want I want to recommend. I know it's truly for recommendations, but a podcast called LA Podcast. If you if you are a Los Angeles person, um, that is a great podcast that's about local politics and it's really it's it's fun and entertaining i might check that out because i feel like i i i just like relied on people for that and i do follow politics a lot uh, on the national level because it's kind of like become sports in a way which is not great yeah what other things like so this week um I decided to in um in, oh, wait, wait, wait. in the I spirit remember. of I, like I edu- hold on, I forgot something. So one of the things that was that was making me think we shouldn't record this week. Oh right. Was oh, that all the, all this past week has been has been us talking about this. <laughs> Nothing's well, happened except this. I've talked a lot about it. I have been yeah. I have literally been like grapple like soul searching and like trying to do deep thinking and like we've just been like watching the news and being online and making donations and sharing links and shit like that yes and i thought my concern was what do we have to talk about and is it just gonna be a bummer but here's the thing about this as a conversation it's the, the problem is like the conversation should never stop Yes, exactly. Kind of. Like, the whole idea is that we allowed the conversation to stop. Mm-hmm. We, we, we settled into a complacency. That's right. And so the idea now is like, hey, don't... Remember when you fell into that complacency? Like, people got killed. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to pay attention. Yeah. You know? And so I guess it's okay that it's part of the talk all the time in a way. No, it has to be. I agree. And I, I think that... I think that what's happening now is everyone is is realizing like like we did, mm-hmm. you know, the people that had not had to like like we did not have to did not have to deal with this in a certain way. Oh, someone's at the door. I have to pause. Can you hold? You up? go. You go to the door, and I'll keep talking. Okay. Yeah. You just um, need to talk to. Yeah. I finally, <laughs> this is what I wanted the show to be the whole time. Wait a minute. Um, I think that what we are realizing is that um, we can't keep waiting to do something about it, and we have to uh, we have to just decide now. Now that nobody, you know, everyone's got a bunch of free time on their hands, now is the time to do it. We have to do it. Um, we have to force this this reform to happen, and we can't just keep waiting for it. To go away. I know you were like talking to me, but I also started talking to our UPS guy. Mm-hmm. But I missed the gist. Just that the conversation has the to. The conversation. Yes. This is the time. 
this is the time that we have to we have to make it happen. Yes. Since we all, you know, are just hanging out. <laughs> well, in a, I was saying too, I, or like how the pandemic really, it's a horrible thing that we're all out of work and we're all like being told to just like stay at home and everything. Yeah. And we're scared of our health and it's like this. We're scared of the future. Like what's going to happen? You know, scared of the future. We're scared of like our, el- you know, older people and compromised I'm people. terrified of older people. <laughs> But the because of the pandemic in this this very moment, because it collided with these events, with these brutality events in succession, mm-hmm. people had the time. That's what I just said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you I had that thought before he did. But it's fine. You well, can that's ha- the proof is that you didn't hear me. <laughs> Don't worry. Everyone understands. Don't worry. Oh, my God. Wait. So, wait. When are we allowed to make our drink? Okay. I, that was the other thing that I requested was I said, can we, can we, can we, let's not start drinking yeah, before the podcast. I know. And I was like, Paul, I'm going to be white knuckling it until the <laughs> end because all I have thought this entire week is how I can't wait till Friday night. <laughs> So I can have my weekend water. Me too. Me too. And I said, okay, fine. We can start the podcast totally sober as a judge. And then as soon as uh, I said, can we get a drink? No, here's what I said. I said, can we make a drink (laughs) and set it next to us and look at it until. Look at it. (laughs) Until I was allowed. And he said, why don't we just. What am I, Caesar Milan? <laughs> I don't know who that is. He's the dog whisperer, honey. What is he? Oh, it's like the I'm. Dog oh, like I'm like your puppy. Yeah. That you're like. And I put like I put a treat on the kitchen floor, and you're not allowed to touch it until I say it's okay. <laughs> no, but I did want to mention this before you take our break because I don't know if the topic is going to swerve, but we were supposed to be really um, introspective this week and. Um, and think about our role and everything. That was sort of the the suggestion. And so I've been rewatching um, Eyes on the Prize, mm-hmm. which is a fourteen part documentary series that covers the civil rights movement. And I had seen. When did it come out? Like I want to say it came out in like ninety two or yeah. I remember something. watching it when it. First I watched started. it in like when I was like in college or something probably grad school Mm because it was in the 90s (laughs) um you know but anyway so i watched it but um and then a lot of people were saying how the times right now felt specifically like 1968 Mm -hmm. and i was like i knew like 1968 was crazy but i always just kind of thought like Oh, the 60s are crazy. Like, you know, in my mind, like I kind of lumped it like all in. I'm not really good at history, y'all. I, I like history, <laughs> but I'm like terrible at it. Like it has to be in front of my face for me to retain it. But like, so I was like, I'm going to watch Eyes on the Prize. It's on the Canopy app, which is the library yeah, stream, great app. streaming app. Because yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere. Because mm-hmm. we also have the PBS app and it was not on there. 
Wow. Because I think it goes too far back in the um, canon or right. something. So anyway, so it's on the Canopy app, and I started watching it again. And what I found interesting was I had remembered a lot of um, leading up to Martin Luther King's assassination, and uh, but not so much after that. Because mm-hmm. that's such a big moment, you know, in in the history of the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but that will happen in 1968. Yeah. And then, and then like Bobby Kennedy, like a minute later, and then they like set up this camp out on the lawn of the freaking capital on the what mall or whatever they call it in mm-hmm. DC. And they were there for like, you know, like, months like the resurrection city it was like occupy wall street but it was like for poverty and all it was like this whole thing in 1968 and all these things happened like it really was that was kind of the kookiest year (laughs) like it was like the like where people did not know and then freaking then at the end like they nixon got elected yeah yeah yeah. Because he was going to restore the So the whole thing was like reversed. And I was like, oh, maybe they felt the way we did when Trump got elected or something. But I don't know. It was, it, 1968 was like, in the, people must have felt like pretty scared about what was happening. Yeah, people were scared and they were angry. And, you know, it was time for things to change. And then the really depressing thing is that so little has changed. And in watching that documentary, uh, it's like people are talking about today. I know. It's, it's, it's baffling. It is the how same. How little we've come. It's, it is a lo- oh. Um, and people think, we all thought it. We all thought like, oh, we've come so far since then. Well. And we haven't. I think in some ways, I mean, technology has t- brought us along and I don't know, like things mm. have changed. Like the packaging is different. You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, that's the thing. Is the only thing that's changed is like the clothes and the haircuts. You but know like what how I mean? can you pay attention when so much is speeding forward? Well, and like, Because you have to make yourself do it and that's what we're learning. What was so, oh, this is what was so crazy too. Is like I was watching it and um, so like there was like this racist governor, George Wallace. Ugh. And... um. Hall of Fame racist. Yeah, he was... Hall of Fame. He was Hall of Fame. But, like, what was so crazy was, like, he was, like, talking, and it was, like, Donald Trump was talking. Like, literally the same... But, like, the same stuff. Yeah. Like, you know... I mean, I don't... I can't think of the exact quotes, but, like, crazy things. Yeah. Like, where you're, like, oh... To the point where you almost are wondering, like, if Donald Trump studied specifically George Wallace. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, that's kind of kooky. And I was going to pitch it as a story to my friend who works at this NPR station. So I, like, Googled it. And there was, like, this whole, like piece in the atlantic it was like and and the person like they in the article in the atlantic i posted on my twitter but no one clicks on my links on twitter i'm always like posting like these really good pieces i read and no one cares about those how do you know that no one clicks on them well because you're saying you don't get like likes or shares yeah right yeah that's fine i don't care (laughs) (laughs) i mean what whatever i'm just saying like there's just a lot of crazy stuff and then when, because we were watching that Mrs. America series, and mm-hmm. I kept thinking like that about women's rights. 
Yeah. I was like, nothing's changed. They're trying yeah. to overturn Roe. And it's like, true. Blah, blah, blah. And then we turned on this actual documentary, which is like different than the scripted thing, mm-hmm. even though it was based on real things. And it was like, oh my gosh, like it's the same. Mm-hmm. And here's what's crazy. Like the best thing that I was seeing about like the civil rights movement is the best way to tackle inequality is through law and policy. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to change people's like people who are racist, racist. Yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, you can't. It's very difficult to change people's hearts and minds. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. Oh no, I read. But a, it's got to be done. But you can't force that with law. Law is just there to protect people who yes. are otherwise. Law defenseless. is neutral, but it's the people that enforce the laws that you have to trust. Unfortunately. Well, yes, yeah. And that's why we find ourselves in the situation we're in today. But, like, the hearts and minds things, like, I read this book last year. It was, like, really good. Oh, my gosh, it was so good. It was, like, this guy who is a white supremacist, and um, it's called Rising Out of Hatred. And, I mean, he wasn't just, like, a white supremacist. Like, he was born into, like, the whole, like, you know, center of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Like, his godfather is David Duke? Jesus. What's his, is that his name? Yeah, David yeah, Duke? Yeah. Okay. And they were, like, grooming him, like, to be, like, maybe even possibly, like, in uh, politics. And he, he was, like, super... He, he's, he's still alive. He's, like, so super bright. He's, like, super intelligent. And um, he went to college. And, like, that was, like, a thing, a big deal. Like, that he, he was, like, I want to go to college. Mm-hmm. And so um, he went to college and he made this um, diverse group of friends there, mm-hmm. kind of like just by happens by proximity and stuff. And um, over time, they kept like inviting him to these like Seder dinners. He had a Jewish girlfriend and everything, but he still held firm to these ideals because, like, they don't identify as racist per mm-hmm. se. Like, they basically like believe that um it's okay to think that their races are different but that they should just live separately like their like fantasy would be able to own like a island of white people or something like that so like this is how they kind of like you know and then they point out like oh they're different in these ways or whatever and then um they he um basically over time um, and he got outed like in his college campus as this as a white supremacist, and um, it was like hard, like because they like ostracized him, and then he finally came to grapple with his ideas and his values, and he changed his values over time, mm-hmm. and um, he paid like a very steep personal cost for it because um, his family like turned their back on him. Like, he had to essentially give up his family. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, so then this, like, I'm this sure, though, it was more of a loss to realize, oh, my family is, they're irredeemably racist. Well, I'm sure you don't want to think of them as irredeemably racist. I'm sure you want to think of them as, like, maybe, like, a crack opening where you could try to, like, I know, be but like, if they turn the, if it? they turn their backs on you, what are you supposed to do? I mean, it's almost like a cult, really, because, like, when you talk about it in those terms, like, those patterns are similar, like, mm-hmm. in cult uh, groups and stuff like that. 
um, especially like the ostracization, ostracization. Anyway, it's this book is amazing. He didn't write it. He, uh, um, an award-winning journalist, wrote it. Mm-hmm. Wrote his story. Right. Um, so it's like it reads like a really great. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not like you know. Um, but he has since like gone spoken up very vocally about his his transformation, and um, it's kind of kind of neat. But it, you so like hearts and minds can change, but. It took like people reaching out to him, and also he was young. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, although I have seen stories of older people changing, mm-hmm. um, but like it, I don't know. It's there's no one magic thing. There's no like one magic thing, no, of and it, not. and it takes like it's a gradual kind of process of like continually questioning you know because this was like these were like college kids where they were like constantly discussing ideas and Mm -hmm. like you know like hashing it out and debating and so like it caused him to really think but you have to be dealing with someone who's a thinker in the first place i think well here's the thing there is that but i think that i believe that people can change they have to want to change and I don't, I think we assume that people just, they get set in their ways and that's it. This is the type of person they are forever. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's true. I think that people can change. I, I, I think a lot of people don't want to change because they think, they think it's harder than it actually is. But do you think there has to be sort of an inherent intelligence that somebody has in order to, I don't, I don't to have the capacity I, to I change? I think that an open mind and intelligence are not necessarily the same thing. I wonder because I think you can be very fearful and that can come from sort of a, a lower intelligence. Yeah, but a Just fear, as a, out of survival. But, but a fearful person can be shown that they don't need to be afraid of something. But they know? have to be willing to trust. And yeah. I think it's hard to I, trust. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's... But the other side of this... This whole conversation is cuckoo. <laughs> I will say the other side of this before we take our little break to get a drinky drink um, <laughs> is um, he talked about how they very specifically uh, pivoted from being called white supremacists to white nationalists yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's a more palatable term for the like mainstream because they are trying. <laughs> it's very palatable. <laughs> well, because they because they want to they want to infiltrate politics, right? So they're like they're sort of. What's, here's what's so funny to me is <laughs> they kept the white part. Right. Like that's that's the part that gives it all away. I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm sure they equate it to all that black identity stuff like out of the civil rights, but it's not the same thing because it's yeah. it's a fa- it's a false equivalence. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like I mean like they were enslaved people that we brought over yeah. here yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. like gen- and they're like stuck in America because like generations to come because yeah. of the sin of slavery. That's it's right. not the same at all. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Look, all I could say is the Irish were slaves too. <laughs> okay, we're gonna take a break. Yay! All right, we're back. <laughs> we took a break. Oh my god. <laughs> um, we only took a five minute break, guys. This is not he's pretending. Let me tell you a story about nineteen sixty eight, the year I was born. 
Wow. So I was at a restaurant called the Hamburger <laughs> Hamlet. Oh, yeah. I heard about that place. Yeah, which I don't think is around anymore. I think the, the last one finally closed. But it was a it famous... Was like in L.A. Yeah, famous L.A. chain. And I was out to dinner. I ordered a beer. The waitress asked to see my ID. Mm-hmm. Very flattering. This is many <laughs> years ago. And so I gave her my ID. And she said, oh, 1968, you were born in the summer of love. And I said... Oh, I th- I thought that 1967 was the Summer of Love, which I knew that it was. Okay. And she went, no, 1968. She got like instantly <laughs> very prickly. No, 1968 was the Summer of Love. And I mm. said, well, you know what they say if you... It, it, she said, she said, I should know because I was there. Oh, she was at Haight-Ashbury during the Summer of Love? She, and she forgot what year it was? Well, but I don't... Look, I don't know. <laughs> she was high Hold on, on her mind. Oh. I said... She said, no, 1968 was the summer of love. I should know I was there. And I said, well, you know what they say. If you if you can remember the 60s, you weren't really there. Which is an old expression. Oh, right. Yeah, it sounds like... Yeah. And she said, no, I was there and I do remember. Maybe she was one of those CIA operatives that were offering people acid (laughs) at the uh, uh, Haight-Ashbury. Wait, was your CIA guy? He was like, Charles. Listen, Charlie, we got a a dynamite idea for you. This is groovy. Get a load of this. (laughs) You were like, try this paper drug or whatever. (laughs) Right? Do you want to eat this paper that makes you feel like God is talking to you? That that guy that guy deserves an entire uh, animated series. I what I one of the things I love is like yeah. the fine line between government conspiracies that I can get on board with mm-hmm. and say yes our, our government is capable of great evil, and then other things. It's almost like the ancient aliens theory, where it's like, well, they, these people couldn't have done this. The Manson family couldn't have done this. It must have been the CIA uh, programmed them to do it. It's Wait, like, no, there are people who are murderers. What's what's this alien? Ancient what? aliens. You know that TV show Ancient Aliens, which I've never seen. No, never heard of it. A, 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 apparently, a staple of it is like wonders of the world, like the pyramids or things like that. I'm must listening. have been created by ancient aliens. Aren't there like alien cave drawings and stuff? I don't fucking know. Maybe. Who knows? But th- this this is the idea behind this is, well, it could have been these black people that built this stuff, right? Like in e- the yeah, they Egyptian. were too primitive. It must have been a far advanced civilization. It's the only explanation. I don't know. That doesn't fly. There's too yeah. many things. So they built Notre Dame too, or whatever. <laughs> That's a great theory. <laughs> I mean, we we built a lot of things. Humans have built a lot of things, <laughs> like really big things That's that right. I've seen with my own eyes. What, they built uh, the <laughs> New, York, New York Casino in Las Vegas? <laughs> they built... The exact replica of the, 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 the Statue of Liberty in the one-quarter scale? No way. I'm so happy. so happy I have my Tito's right now. I know you got So wait, Tito's. so the CIA, the animated, so like you're a CIA agent, and then there's like an animated Charlie Manson. An animated Charlie Manson. Well, you're the animated CIA guy. 
And it's like a Did buddy. I miss something? This yeah. is a show. Oh, you're proposing a. Yeah. I see. I see. It's like a. Um, and one of the series regulars is Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> well, who else are you trying to like? He's trying to appeal to your. You're trying to appeal to his better angels, and he's like, "No, I I want to murder." Wait, the CIA guy's trying to get Charles Manson to not murder. Oh, you're right. He's got to get him to murder. He's got to get him to murder. Dang it. Dang it. Well, do you think that whole like idea that conspiracy was like born out of like, no, I want it to be the government. I don't want it to be hippies because hippies were supposed to be about love. Yeah, probably something like that. I mean, but like Charlie Manson was very obviously a troubled psychopath that was in and out of jail. Yes. And look, there's so many, there's so <laughs> many examples of weird crazy narcissists yes who attract all these people to yes them. yes yes it doesn't have to be the government yes there's like a million examples i talk about this in therapy in fact i just did two days ago about how because i was talking about my my how i feel like i'm easily <laughs> manipulated mm -hmm. you know because i want to believe in the good of people like i want so bad i have this longing to believe and I was like, I'm scared I could be inducted in, into a cult. And then, no. and my therapist said that you, she said Paul or I would would get in in the way first. Glad she included me. <laughs> she did. She said, No, I think Paul or I would help. Would. <laughs> and I was like, Well, what if Paul were? What if Paul was the one trying to like? What if he became radicalized into something, and he was trying to like recruit me? Oh, where are you going to get a sacred text? <laughs> yeah, I See, this is the this is the beginning. This is the beginning. I gave you the opening. You're going to show me a manifesto or something. It's going to change your life. It's going to change both our lives. You know what? My life's already been changed by 2020, so I'm good. I'm cool. I don't I don't need to You think that, but wait till you hear <laughs> The glorious one. What is says. that? What's the <laughs> the glorious one? Oh wait, that's who I'm joining. That's the cult I'm joining. The glorious ones. It's not a cult. It sounds like a rock band. It doesn't sound like <laughs> the glorious. Ones. The glorious ones, doesn't it? Is that a good one for them? The glorious ones. Or isn't that a thing already? The glorious ones. One. Isn't the name of something like a piece of literature? The glorious ones. Not that I'm aware of. Are you thinking of Inglorious Bastards? <laughs> I think I did see that movie, unfortunately. For someone who is not a Tarantino fan. <laughs> you sure have seen a lot of his movies. I have seen, and I don't want to <laughs> see them. It's up to you, honey. I don't Me know. Me and your therapist can't help you out on this one. <laughs> well, anyway, there's a, there is a documentary coming out that I heard about, about the movie Showgirls. And oh, yes, yes, yes. It's called Call Me Know Me. Call Me Know Me. Wait, what is it called? You Don't Know Me. You Don't Know Me. N-O-M-I. Okay, here's the thing, y'all. I've never seen Showgirls, although our friends want to do like a Zoom. Oh, you've never seen it? No, I've never seen it. We should watch it. Really? Yeah, if you've never seen it, we should watch it. It's I thought you told movie. me not to watch. I thought I asked you. I, I think I remember asking you, like, I've never seen it. Should I see it? And you're like, you're not. Are you sure it was Showgirls? There might have been. There might have been something else. 
I don't know. I've never seen it, but I've I know about it. I know of it. I also it. might have said that pre-quarantine. <laughs> now you should watch everything. Well, it definitely was pre-quarantine. Showgirls did not come up until today. <laughs> but you're saying it came up before. It came up like years ago. Yeah. Like years ago where everyone was like, oh well, my God. Changes. <laughs> it, it never changed. <laughs> that was the story. <laughs> I had never seen Showgirls and I was like, should I see it? And you're like, eh, I think you're, it's, you know, whatever. Mm. I think you were like, whatever about it. Like you didn't give me the hard sell. I, I might have been. Well, I'm not, I don't think I'm giving you the hard sell right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you were. Why? Because I feel like I missed a piece of pop culture and all this documentary is coming I, out. Absolutely. I, well, look, I that's how I felt about Top Gun. Because I, I, there was a bunch of movies that came out in the 80s when well, I was now, a Top kid. Well, now Top Gun is a very good movie. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and the sequel's coming out like this summer or something. I don't think that's coming out anytime soon. Yeah, we'll be on like the, it's, they're not going to do. They're, they, is it finished? I mean, I don't think they're going to release it on video. I think they want it to be in theaters. So I don't think it's going to come out until. I heard Tom Cruise was coronavirus resistant. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you hear that from? David Miscavige? <laughs> Where's Shelly Miscavige? Where is Shelly? Where's Shelly Miscavige? You know what? How can they not find, figure that out? Do you know, or, do you know all about this? Oh, I, I hoped you wouldn't ask me this. <sighs> You you know where she. I, is. I can't answer on mic. <laughs> but do you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. Do you, listeners, okay. Here's the thing, so you don't have to Google. There's, There's this guy L. Ron Hubbard. This guy L. Ron Hubbard. He Scientology. He he wrote a book called Dianetics. Dianetics. <laughs> he like invented he invented a religion. This is like our cult theme. There's this guy Jesus. He wrote a book called Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote so he wrote the science fiction book and it turned into a religion because he basically got the government to let him not pay taxes. He was a huckster. He was a con man. He was a con man. And anyway, so he started this whole like I guess religion. And cult. yeah, why wouldn't you say cult now? I don't know. You're a good point. It's a good point. I'm a good point. <laughs> and then, um, and then he like died, and then there was sort of like a leadership vacuum, and this like really short guy. <laughs> nothing against short people, um, but I guess he has a Napoleonic complex or something. But like he, his is sort of like a um, tyrannical narcissist, mm-hmm. and he took over the. Um, cult <laughs> and his wife has been missing now for like years yeah. yeah yeah but here's the thing about it is like there's all this secrecy and shielding that goes on with this organization it's here's what's funny to me i just started picturing <laughs> someone learning about Scientology for the from this podcast. You know what's so... Well, there might be people in other... Okay. You never know. You never but, know. But wait, that's an excellent example because like Leah Remini, she's an ex-Scientologist. There's mm. been several like um, high-profile ex-Scientologists because they actually went specifically targeted... They went after celebrities and Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. Um, but they like recruited these celebrities because they wanted their money and they also... And they wanted their fame to expand oh. their... 
cool thing. Yes, they want it. Yes, that's a, they want it. They yeah. yes, they wanted to capitalize on social status and stuff. And so, um, some people got out, and like Leah Remini is sort of a high profile person who got out, and she wrote this book. That's how I like read all. I read her book, and she had the series and everything. And um, but she does this whole series about people who left Scientology. And that's what I'm saying about, like, the cult, like, changing your heart and your mind. Like, if you are a deranged, uh, per like, white person that over-identifies with being white, mm-hmm. and, like, you, and whiteness is a pathology, you know, you, like, if you're some, like, you know, psycho white person, and, and every, it's a spectrum, obviously, um, then there is a chance that you could turn around. Because, like, yeah. these Scientologists had moments where the, like, totally the scales just like fell from there yes. it's a fascinating docu-series that that type of um uh, uh life-changing moment happens to people every day in for various things and in various capacities it's so sad though that they they feel this sense of trauma that's really hard to heal yeah. because yeah. they they'd been you know they'd like believed i mean that's maybe that's how we all are going to feel about america in about three weeks mm. Six months. <laughs> like the scales fall from horizon. We're like the experiment is over. Like we're in a, <laughs> we're in like a. We live in a military state. Like Trump has like weaponized the military against yeah. us, yeah, which yeah. we saw we, a glimpse of. Yeah. During the the demonstrations when yeah. he cleared the White House area for that photo op, yeah. which has caused so many people to speak out against him that wouldn't have. I mean, all the generals and everything. I I thought we were going to have a military coup. I was like ready. I was like, let's. What is this going to look like? What's, I'm cool. What's so funny to me is that I don't know. The military is so weird, man. It's so weird. And I come from not a military family, but my my father and my brother served, and my nephews both did multiple tours in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, and um, it's just like they have to do what they are. The higher ups do, you know, the, the president is the commander in chief. The higher ups have to do what they are told, and yeah. so, um, you know, if they are told to go to war, they go to war. Uh, but they've been used by presidents for bullshit reasons for strong men, yeah. And then this time it was like this particular guy you know, use them in this particular way. And then the generals are like, I don't like this. Well, I know you said that and you, you have like cynicism about it and I, and rightly so. However, it's not cynicism. It's more, it's, it's, uh, it, it makes me mad. It makes me angry. I know, but there's such a huge difference between using them against the people that pay their paychecks than against using them against perceived foreign enemies well but don't you think it's different no because they're going the the perceived foreign enemies uh-huh. first of all it, it iraq was not a real foreign was not an enemy right do you know what i mean and no one literally perceived them as such oh they did for they did for a minute when they presented that yellow cake uranium yeah, they said they did. bs they wanted us to perceive them yes that way right right right. that right, doesn't mean right, that right, they right. actually were like we're worried about iraq we gotta do something but then um there's also tons of civilians who get killed in these bullshit wars mm-hmm. you know that that's a big problem 
And that to me is That's the true. same as, you know, using um, force against U.S. taxpayers. I here's what I will grant you. I will grant you that the idea of turning on your own people, yes, for a photo op, is beyond repugnant. It's banana republic. It's like the Philippines. Isn't it funny how Beyond Repugnant and Banana Republic sound so much <laughs> Banana <alike>? Repugnant. Banana <laughs> Repugnant. Banana Repugnant. Banana Repugnant. That's a good band name. Banana Repugnant. <laughs> hey, guys, we're Banana Repugnant. <laughs> we have a song with our name in it. <laughs> banana Repugnant. <laughs> All right, we should probably wrap it up. What? I just got my Tito's going. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. There was more I wanted to say about the military. <laughs> well, the general, so th- this has gotten people to speak out that normally wouldn't speak out, is what you were saying before. Yes, and also, like, using a parallel of people who turn away from cults, who yeah. turn away from certain, like, distorted values or violent values or oppressive values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's possible is what I'm saying. I want to believe so bad. I'm like Anne Frank. I, I want look, to believe absolutely. so fucking bad. Yeah, me too. That people are inherently good. And that will, it sometimes does cloud my thinking and I yeah. have to be sort of like measured and stop myself. I will say this about the generals denouncing Trump and criticizing him. Yes. If that makes somebody who's like a diehard Trump supporter think twice and maybe consider something they haven't considered before, then it's for the good, you know? So, I mean, I just assume that it it does because there's got to be somebody that, like, respects... Like, if you're, if you're in the military and that's your, like... These people are yeah, revered as, like, the smart thinkers of the military, supposedly. Well, right? they're, 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 they're commanders, you know? Like... So isn't that something to aspire to if you are a career sure. career military person? Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that means that means something to not just people that are that are in the military but people that revere the military in that way. I guess. I feel like you know? the I I think like with any group it's probably true that they it's just like not monolithic. Like people have their own beliefs and they yeah. go in for, to it for different yeah. reasons and you know and they find their their tribe in there and you know Look, the the upshot of it all is, and this is what I think we have proven with this episode, we should not be talking about this stuff. <laughs> well, we're not like we're not like thought leaders. We're oh just God, dumb no. entertaining entertainment. Well, guys, we're just like middle class. We're just dumb middle class entertainment, entertainment uh, under underemployed. <laughs> um, yeah. Overprivileged. But maybe that's something that is good in a way because we're average. Like we're not. <laughs> I think when people think of average Americans, we're the people they have in mind for sure. Well, I don't know. <laughs> what are average? Maybe. Okay, fine. This has been an amazing <laughs> episode. <laughs> do you have any recommendations anything you want to recommend yes eyes on the prize go to canopy watch it all also i've been um into season two of my brilliant i think i talked about my brilliant friend on the last one didn't i 
my brilliant friend. Yeah. It's a series of four books by Elena Ferrante, and I read them all. And now it's a mini series on HBO, and they just released the second season of it. And it's Italian, and they're like, it's just like so much. I can't even get into it, but it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And if you have HBO, I guess um, I'll, they were giving HBO for free for a little while during the COVID. Oh, that's nice. But, but I don't know if they're still doing it. Probably not. Well, because they released that HBO Max, which I could give two shits about. <laughs> HBO Max, if you're listening, sorry. <laughs> HBO Max, I have a pilot I just wrote. You might be interested in it. I might give a shit about you if you did. <laughs> I have a recommendation, which is a podcast that I just started listening to oh. by these two Australian comedians. Okay. They're a couple... And they have been doing a podcast. I don't know how far back. Are they a couple in quarantine? They're a couple in quarantine. Oh. But I think their podcast might predate the quarantine. Their What's names the n- are Demi Lardner oh. and Tom Walker. I know who Demi I yes. I saw Demi in Edinburgh. Yeah. And she's I met her She's outrageous, man. She's outrageous. I met her in um Montreal at the Just for Last Festival years ago. She has a crazy brain. Yeah, she does. And Tom Walker, her boyfriend, also crazy brain. He has a great special on Amazon Prime right now. Cool. Called Tom Walker is very, very. I believe it's hilarious, and I it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, it's really funny. But they have a podcast together that's called. <laughs> this is the title. Big Soft Titty dot PNG. <laughs> now, there's a story behind that. There I must be. It. There must be. I don't know. It's it's not if I didn't know who they were and I saw that title, you would not listen I would never to it. listen to it in right. a million years. You would not listen to it. And it's honestly, it's probably the raunchiest thing I've listened to. Oh, they get raunch. They get raunchy, but they're really silly and they're really smart and funny. Uh huh. And they're very adorable. Sure. And so yeah, big that's so- cool. <laughs> Here's my recommendation: bigsofttitty.png. So, just to recap, Janie recommended Eyes on the Prize, and then Paul recommended bigsofttitty.png. All right, cool. There we go. <laughs> All right, so the melting pot. <laughs> so, hey, thank you for bearing with us for this episode. We 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 don't you know. know. We have nothing to offer. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're we have trying nothing to, f- to offer, but something we're trying to figure out, just like something? everybody else is, and and uh, you know, I'm glad that we did this. I hope just it love each other. Just be kind. Yeah, 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 and fight for what's right and stand Fucking up. Vote, for, man. stand up for people. Vote. Get people to vote. We gotta. Okay. We gotta get people to vote, but we also like stuff needs to change. Hashtag defund the police. <laughs> um, and so, stay. thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Stay, stay safe. Stay, stay sane. And stay home. home.